0: a Christmas present for a very dear friend of mine.
1: Look, Daddy, teacher says
0: every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings.
1: That's right. That's
0: right.
1: a boy Clarence.
0: Christmas everyone and welcome to episode 37 of Popcorn Hangover. I'm John and I'm Anna and today we'll be talking about two deemed Christmas classics, It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Story.
1: And each of us kind of associate one more with our Christmas experience growing up and now. So my movie is A Christmas Story, and Anna's movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Though, I must note, I do watch both of these every year, <laughs> so uh, it kind of puts me in a weird position, but Anna likes It's a Wonderful Life more than me.
0: Yes. I think we, we have differing opinions on both of these films, which, you know, is always good, a good yeah. discussion. Yeah.
1: It definitely is, but... Because we have such a jam-packed episode, and because you probably have Christmas things of your own to get to, whether that's wrapping presents late or you know Christmas dinner, if we're a part of your Christmas plans, thanks. <laughs> um, we're gonna try and keep this really close and just get right into it. I have not been watching anything. Uh, the only new thing we watched was Mandalorian and A Christmas Chronicles Two, which I have a lot of thoughts on Christmas Chronicles Two, but that is definitely a movie.
0: Uh, <laughs> I I mean it's we also just looked it up. It, mind boggles me that the Christmas Chronicles 2 got a better Ron Tomatoes score than the original did.
1: <laughs> because
0: the first one, I mean, it's not, they're not the best movies. They definitely aren't. Kurt Russell is the only good actor in yeah. them. But the first one is so much better than the second one. At the end of the second one, I was like, turn this shit off. When will it end?
1: <clears throat> I've had a thing I've said on at least one episode, but like, Christmas movies don't typically get sequels. I think it was the Santa Claus yeah. that I talked about it for. And the reason is because mostly Christmas sequels suck. And Except the, for
0: Santa Claus too. The
1: Christmas Chronicles 2 definitely proved my theory because it was weird. It was
0: absolutely ridiculous. And then at the end, they're literally singing, Oh, Christmas Tree. It's weird. And who knows the words to that yeah, song that's anyway? What,
1: that's what I said when we were watching it. I'm like, who on earth knows beyond just like, Oh, Christmas Tree, Oh, Christmas Tree? They sang like four verses. I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on here?
0: Yes. And, but I mean, I do have to say it is embarrassing. I did shed like two tears and I'm (laughs) really mad about it, but it just hit me and I knew it was happening. I don't know. You know, it just happens. So that's how it's going to be.
1: Yeah. But let's get into talking about this week's movies. Yes. So I'm going to do the synopsis for both of them.
0: But I'd like to give full disclosure. We have a jam-packed schedule as I'm sure most of you do at this time, you're just trying, you know, there's football on, there's basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you got presents to wrap, you got errands to run. So we only watched A Christmas Story today, and we're just going to do It's a Wonderful Life from Memory, which I think is fair to do because I know this movie by heart. I yeah. think everyone, if you've seen it you know every Christmas, you know exactly what happens. So we apologize if that makes it, Less authentic to you. We'll see how this goes.
1: We also... We were trying to plan it out, and planning was poor. We're literally both going to watch this movie in, like, three days.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I have no problem watching it twice, but it was hard to get my family to to watch it twice with us when they wanted to watch a movie together, so we... We didn't watch it. We
1: apologize. So if we get a couple small details wrong, it's because we haven't seen the movie in like 360 days. But I
0: promise there will be no shortage of things to talk about with Correct. that movie. Because there's
1: a lot of interesting things <laughs> yeah. that we both learned. Yeah. Um. But let's get into the synopsis real quick. I'm going to do a Christmas story first, just because that's what I wrote down first. So a Christmas story is a 1983 Christmas comedy by Bob Clark. It is centered around the Parker family in Hammond, Indiana, specifically Ralphie and his quest to convince his parents to buy him a Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas. The story focuses around several small events leading up to Christmas Day, and it's kind of one of those movies where not that much really happens, um, which I've noticed with a few Christmas movies we've watched this year, um, that's kind of just a trend in the genre. Uh, It's considered a Christmas classic movie, one of its big claim to fame claims to fame is that every year it airs for 24 consecutive hours on tnt or tbs they change it every year for some reason Um, in 2012 it was inducted into the library of congress as a work of cultural significance it only cost 3.3 million dollars to make and it grossed 20.6 million so it's a little bit of a cult classic in that sense too but it's so big that i don't think it's really a cult classic anymore
0: yeah and it's not obviously it came out in the 80s but It's based in the 40s. It's
1: based in... They don't... So they've never said it's either 1939 or 1940. They've never said.
0: Well, that's interesting because it's kind of like they're based in the the same same time time period because, you know, It's Wonderful Life came out in the 40s.
1: Yeah. The Rotten Tomatoes score is an 89 for critics and an 88 for audience. So it is very well regarded by pretty much everyone. Um, And that's about it for A Christmas Story It definitely has the feel of a low-budget movie, as we both noticed, like, the first thing we said is, wow, this looks uh, old. It looks a lot older than 1983.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, like, 70s for some reason. And
1: honestly, there's really no big-name actors in it. The actor who plays Ralphie, he goes on to be the head elf in the movie Elf, (sighs) and then he's also an Iron Man. But besides that, this is not a notable cast. It's a lot of, like, no-name, um, this was, like, this, well, this Jack
0: Nicholson was supposed to be the dad, but yeah. then they didn't pick him because he just had such high salary mm-hmm. like, requests.
1: And, and it's just a movie that I think that Bob Clark, the director, this was by far his biggest movie and yeah, like his he was only like real
0: a success. B, he was like a B rated, like he did like all these like B movies.
1: Yeah. And an interesting thing that I found is even though it's based in Indiana, only like three scenes were actually filmed in Indiana. The rest was filmed in, in some really small Ohio town.
0: Cleveland. It was Cleveland.
1: Was it filmed in Cleveland? I th- I yeah. didn't read that. And then a chunk of it was filmed in Canada, too. Toronto. Yeah. So it, it it received a lot of Canadian awards, but I don't know them off the top of my head. But, yeah. like, no American recognition. Um. So that's a Christmas story. And then let's do the synopsis for It's a Wonderful Life, which I think has a lot more trivia with it and a lot of interesting things.
0: Yeah. Read.
1: So It's a Wonderful Life is a 1946 movie starring Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, and directed by Frank Capra. It revolves around a man named George Bailey, who, when he is 38 years old, is contemplating suicide. In the days leading up to Christmas, he is given the opportunity to see what the world would be like if he had never been born. Uh, in 1990, it was also inducted into the Library of Congress, so it's on equal footing with A Christmas Story in that respect. It is a movie that is well regarded by both critics and audiences, with a 94 critic score and 95 audience. Um, it was considered a commercial failure. It cost 3.13 million dollars to make, and it only grossed 3.3 million dollars. But because of something that Anna's going to talk about, <laughs> it has created this massive reputation, and it's taken on a life of its or it took on a life of its yeah. own years after its release.
0: Well, the reason I didn't really know this until looking it up, but apparently, it wasn't really intended to be a Christmas movie. Um, initially it was slotted to come out of, in January of 1947, but they Paramount or whatever, it's not Paramount cause Paramount got the rights to it after. Yeah. I think it was Capra's company. Um, they needed to fill a slot and they mm-hmm. wanted to qualify for the 1946 Oscars. Um, so they put it in December and so it wasn't actually supposed to be a Christmas movie. And then in the seventies or the eighties, I believe they, the copyright
1: yeah, it was public um, domain. Yeah, the
0: copyright like ran out, and they didn't um, re-up it. So it was public domain, so it was just easy for all of these networks just to play it because mm-hmm. it was for free. And they played it so much during Christmas time that it eventually became a Christmas classic. Yeah. And the copyright stuff stopped in 1994. So now it is paramount to yeah. the copyrights.
1: Um, well, an interesting thing, so you talk about this copyright thing. I, I think people about our parents' ages... One of the reasons why they hold this so near and dear is because, like, I think I read at one point every single network played it. And it wasn't just that, like, they could. It was every single major network did.
0: Yeah. I mean, because it's cheap and free and easy.
1: Yeah. I think public domain stuff you can put on air for, like, a thousand bucks maybe. Yeah. If that, it's not super expensive. Um, But I know you had some other trivia facts about the movie or interesting things do you want to talk about those
0: well it was one of the most expensive and uh most elaborate set designs ever happened like in like you know the glory days of hollywood Mm -hmm. um they had they made like it was like 26 buildings that they built it was like a three block main street and so, so many of it, like much of the scenes that you see and like the, the sets that you see were, were manufactured. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool except for the, um, the pool scene. That's real. That's a, a real high school. Beverly Hills high school had that.
1: Interesting. I, so I had a question. So you said that they had rushed this movie to come out for award season. Did it get nominated for any awards as a result?
0: Yes. got nominated for five awards, um, most notably James Stewart was nominated for best actor, and it was nominated for best picture but it was a really stacked awards season that season mm-hmm. so it honestly did played unfa like it was unfavorable to them because if they would have gone for the 1947 mm-hmm. slot then they probably would have won more awards
1: so this is the thing that i wonder and we'll never know the answer to this if this comes out in january cuz they had added the bit at the end of the merry like to make it a christmas well, movie they added the merry christmas
0: No, it's just like he said, it just like ended up, you know, there's so many movies like end up being like ending Christmas time. The like he said, Merry Christmas. I don't think, I think I might've like made that up. Okay. But like, I'm not sure about that. That could be true, but I'm not sure.
1: Because what I was wondering is if this movie came out in January, one, does it really get associated as a Christmas movie at when all this is said and done, like, do you think this still ends up being a Christmas movie? I'm not really sure because time of year has a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, but I also think that it wasn't really a Christmas movie in general until yeah. like these networks started kind of shaped it, shaped it into yeah. it,
1: where it, it's like a self fulfilling destiny thing. Yeah. Now there is something else. This is just like outside of "It's a Wonderful Life" that fascinates me with movies. Movies that are set around Christmas time that don't come out and aren't explicitly Christmas movies, when you watch it, you're like, this is wrong. And a movie that came out recently that I felt that was Shazam, because the entirety of that movie, I just rewatched it, which is why I'm thinking about this. It was set at Christmas time, but it came out in April. And you're like, this is stupid, right?
0: I mean, there's so many movies that weren't intended. You know, Die Hard was never intended. I don't think it was. I think like Satire satirically, maybe, yes, yeah. a little bit. Like, the makers of the movie were like, haha, this could be like, but it's not, I don't only watch Die Hard at Christmas yeah. time. It's not a, like, it, I do consider it a Christmas movie, but I don't think I need to only watch it at Christmas. Correct. So, it's, you know, there's there's all those movies that are like that. So, yeah. we have one, and I do think when looking at both these movies, um, they're such opposite movies to me mm-hmm. in so many ways. You have one that kind of plays on the fact it's like you know it's truly christmas season movie Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like those things with christmas movies that not a lot happens um all about being a kid and like what it means to be a kid during christmas but then there's another this other movie that's actually a very you know dark movie at times it's not a happy movie no for most of it until like the last you know i mean it's not it's it gets darker and darker as the time goes on and you're, you know, you're at the lowest point this man is con- contemplating suicide. Yeah. And then the last 10 minutes is probably the part where it gets, you know, the happiest. Uplifting. And so you have a dark movie, you have a movie that's not technically a Christmas the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a very, very strong, powerful message. So I just think they're very different. So it's interesting to see like, you know, who, maybe that could be why someone likes this movie Likes a Christmas story more than its Wonderful Life because of the differences in the tone and yeah. what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think that I mean I want to talk first about a Christmas story, um, just because it's it's more immediate to the front of my mind, and I think it'll be yeah. a, it'll be faster for us to talk about because I think we have less to talk about. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about a Christmas story, and I I really haven't realized this until the last few years, as I've grown up a bit more. But a a Christmas story, a lot of stuff happens. And you're really seeing it through the eyes of a child. So, for those who don't know, the narrator of the movie is grown up Ralphie, and he's talking about his memories as a kid. And so many times you see, like, adults act a certain way that to him you see are perceived as, like, mean or rude or, you know, this and that. But then you see, like, a shot and you realize, like, they're not rude. It's just that this is how a kid thinks of things. Well, yeah,
0: it's, like, the same kind of thing is like the Sandlot, the charm yeah. of, the, of Sandlot because it's, you're seeing all of this through a child's eyes yeah, and like, what are, what are they perceiving things as? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see the, the charm in that, but yeah. this kid in my, I mean, I am- He's an asshole. I am not a fan of this movie, to be honest. I don't, I was bored. I literally said to John, how much longer do we mm-hmm. have to wait for him to get this damn
1: gun? gun?
0: Because- I don't think he's cute. I don't find him charming. I don't find really any of the characters charming. And I, maybe that's part of the fun of it is like, you know, it's it's a lot yeah. of people say it's relatable
1: or I it's think nostalgia, it's...
0: but I think that's why I don't get the hype because I didn't grow up in the 40s. Correct. So there's a lot of things that we don't understand.
1: Well, I think... And I just don't compute. I think that the interesting part of it is is not even relating to the 40s, but it's just that when you're when you're a kid you think you think of adults in a certain way and that's the most interesting part of this movie like he thinks of his dad as this like super grumpy guy which he is to a degree but there are scenes where it's just like him talking with his mom that are like sweet and you realize that it's not fully what he perceives him as mm-hmm. um and i think the biggest the biggest thing is the department store santa because i've never really noticed this until today when ralphie is talking with him this guy seems like he just hates his life and everything and then the second he goes down the slide and you like get that wide shot you see the santa like yeah he wants to go home but he's not doing this like creepy routine that ralphie and his brother see it as. yeah but i
0: think it's also just like the funny like it's yeah it's it's a ridiculous it's played for laughs yeah, also, I think, too, seeing the department store, like, did they have escalators in the 40s? That was a question
1: you asked, and I think that this movie does a good job of kind of creating that environment cheaply, but that took me out of it, because then you you asked that, and I was like, I don't know if they had escalators back in the 30s, <laughs> the 30s like, and I 40s. I don't know.
0: I mean, they could have. They, they very well could have. I just, I'm not sure. Um, the other, yeah, I think it's definitely, like, a good you know, what it means to be a kid at Christmas when you have that one thing you wish for the entire year. Yeah. And you're doing everything to drop the hints, to be good, to, you know, to figure out how can I make this happen. And so it is good in that way. And obviously there's some really funny tropes and like scenes that are super important to our culture. I mean, like the...
1: The tongue on the pole. The tongue
0: on the... Yeah, that, the the bunny suit.
1: The bunny suit is... That's still like really, yeah. really funny.
0: The, yes, I love that the the leg lamp and this i guess um the director or who was it that made this
1: uh bob clark
0: bob clark he wanted they said they wanted a leg though it's not from the actual like story that they (laughs) made the book they based this on he like said he wanted a leg lamp so they made three different versions and all three of them were broken on set
1: throughout (laughs) the filming
0: so there is no original leg lamp that you can get which is i think is really interesting and then you know plus the, you'll should try out, okay? Like, there's a lot of things that are definitely, you know, big in our American yeah. culture and our Christmas culture and tradition. So, I do appreciate it for that fact. But, like, personally, I just... Yeah. I don't see the hype. I don't understand. I don't... I could not watch it every Christmas. I've seen... This is probably mm-hmm. my second time I've seen this movie. And yeah. I was so bored.
1: And I, I fully get that. And I'm someone who I like. I would say I like this movie... And I do think there's a lot of dead space. I think if you watch the 20-minute highlight of this on YouTube... Yeah. You probably capture everything that you need to understand, but...
0: Yeah, there's just, like, no depth to the... They, yeah, they really, it, it's... They, they don't give en- to my in my opinion, like to, they don't give enough depth to the side characters, but also they don't really give too much depth to Ralphie either. Well, there's not, like... There's nothing that makes me be like, oh, this poor kid deserves this. This
1: this is I'm gonna make a really weird comparison. This movie... It's not as funny. This movie is the Napoleon Dynamite of Christmas movies, where it's just a collection of scenes that happen that aren't really leading towards anything and don't have anything to do with the one that just happened before it. Yeah. Now, I do think that there are, there's two things I want to talk about before we can move on from A Christmas Story. The first one that I, and probably my favorite thing from this movie, is they take a look at and it's not supposed to be super deep, but like exactly what it means to be a good kid. Cause we see Ralphie do a ton of really bad things, but at the end of the day, like he still gets presents like a good kid because you realize that like being a good kid doesn't mean that you're, you know, goody two shoes. You're perfect, yeah. It means that you can do, you can swear and get soap put in your mouth. You can-
0: Well, you tried.
1: You can beat up a bully and have your mom shield you from that. You can like do some things that aren't necessarily great, But you're not a bad kid You're just a kid Yeah And I think that's an important message One that a lot of other Christmas movies give too
0: Yeah, I mean I agree with that I I didn't have thought about it that way So I guess it's a new take for me I do think Yeah, I don't see him I'm not like he's awful I'm just like No, he's
1: a kid Yeah,
0: he is He's just a a young kid That just does dumb stuff And, you know, has wild fantasies Yeah And, you know, Blows things out of proportion and, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. The
1: stuff that we, I mean, he imagines, like, shooting robbers who are trying to invade his house. Like, yeah. we've all done things, maybe not that exactly, but we've all done things as a kid, let our imagination run wild. But the other thing I want to talk about are just a few th- lines that I think are really funny for yeah. some reason. Um, the first one is when Ralphie's dad mm-hmm. accidentally, like, locks the dog's ear and in the door, and then he undoes it, sticks his leg out, and he's like, oh, it's okay, just have a little bite, just as like a reward, and then he like closes the door again. It's, it's stupid, and it doesn't matter. I also just think that his neighbor's dogs are hysterical. <laughs> They're just these big hounds that just break into their house at any point. Um,
0: Makes no sense. <laughs> though
1: I think, I really do think the funniest line of the entire movie is when they get the box for the leg lamp it's two things. One, when he's like, Fragile, it must must be from Italy. Italy. (laughs) I think that's really funny. But the second part is he's like, oh, my friend Bob won a bowling alley. And his wife is like, well, they didn't ship you a bowling alley. He's like, well, they won't send me the whole alley. Like, you gotta build it. And it's just such a stupid line that... Like, every time I hear it, I'm like, this is really stupid and funny. I feel
0: like he's, like, the red form... Like, that's, like, he's who, like, the based red form and off of... Although, like, that's the 70s. But, like, I just feel like he definitely... I was like, this is, like, a red form and kind of bad.
1: Um, The other... There was one more thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, one small thing that I've never really noticed until today, too, is how much Wizard of Oz, like, characters are in this movie and why... It dawned on me today, I'm like, oh, if this is set in the late 30s, that means The Wizard of Oz just came out in their world, which is, it's like all this advertising, and I was like, that makes so much sense that in their world, they're going to have these people in their parades and yeah, at, like just pushing the movie. And it's such a subtle thing that I don't really expect out of a budget movie. And I don't know how the hell they got the rights to use those characters. They had Mickey Mouse in this movie. I know. They, they're like, hey, Mickey. And you see, and it's not an off-brand Mickey. Like, it's Mickey Mouse. It's so weird. I
0: don't know. That's, the, that's what they spent most of the budget on was, like, those.
1: <laughs> I, I don't. The, it,
0: the rights to use those. Well,
1: it is in this, like, 80s gray, gray area period where, like, rights aren't. Really a super protected thing yet So maybe that had something to do with it Yeah, But I really don't know But yeah, that, that those are my only thoughts On Christmas stories, so if we want to talk about It's a Wonderful Life, <laughs> we can do that
0: Yeah, there's so many things that you could go into With It's a Wonderful Life, and I'm not Gonna go there <laughs> We don't need to do that mm-hmm. Um, But Yes, I watch this movie every Christmas Eve, I cry every Single time And I cry at a lot of things, but I would say if there's a movie that I have seen 10 plus times and cry every time it's this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I do think it was so interesting to realize that this wasn't like marketed as a Christmas movie it just kind of happened because, you know, I hear so many people say to me like, Oh yeah, it's not really like it's a Christmas movie, but it's not like a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It's not about Christmas inherently. But in my opinion and I think what a lot of people Why people love this movie so much on Christmas It doesn't have to be sh- shown on Christmas Eve anymore And people don't have to watch it anymore But people still do Like to me I just feel like it's the General spirit of the message mm-hmm. And like love of what Christmas means Like when you're around all these people And your life is wonderful The people that you're The, the mm-hmm. people that you touch in your life And the people that touch your life It's wonderful And like you mm-hmm. should have that And so I feel like after the craziness of the holidays, where you're you're like so angry, at, you're you're worried about gifts, your family's driving you crazy, and then you watch this movie, and you're like, okay, never mind, none of that matters. And I mm-hmm. think that's what it's why it's great.
1: Well, I I think on top of just building too, it's a great thing to watch at the end of the year because everyone is stressed out of their minds. Yeah, like
0: and it plays like the the Christmas Eve song.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a good like at the end of the movie, George kind of has like not a full start over in mm-hmm. his life, but he has this perspective and it's, it is a good, even though it's not my favorite Christmas movie, it is a really good thing to watch to just like take stock of your own life and just say like, yeah, it is, it is mm-hmm. wonderful. Things might suck at certain points. I mean, when he gets out of this, like they're still in the great depression, like life still sucks, but you know, it it's a good thing to take in to your own life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the realization that your life doesn't need to be remarkable. You don't need to be you don't need to be rich, you don't need to be wildly successful. You don't need to have traveled the world. I mean, what's so what's so endearing and what draws people I think to um George Bailey is because he's just a kind person that constantly gives up his dreams mm-hmm. and his hopes to serve other people. And even you know he wants to travel the world he he gives that up he want- doesn't want to run his parent his family business, but he does do that. Mm-hmm. He lives in this house that this drafty house because his wife loves it, and that's where they fell in love when they but like and but still, his life is so important to so many people mm-hmm. he didn't need to be this you know successful person to make all these other people happy, yeah. So that's just the wonderfulness of it. Um, I won't keep going on that point. But I do think the acting in this movie and the people that are in this movie is really important. Um, James Stewart, who plays George Bailey, is... I think this acting performance is amazing.
1: It it's the definitive role from his career, and he had a decent career as an actor.
0: He almost didn't do this because he went to um he was a pilot in World War II, and he had been gone from acting for five years. Mm-hmm. And so they asked him to do this. He didn't really he didn't think he could do it because he was gone from acting so long. So he didn't know if he was good or not. Mm-hmm. And so many scenes from this movie were done on the first take. Really, like when he when Donna Reed um th- when. When she threw the stone at the house, mm-hmm. they had a stunt double. They had all these things that they could, like, do it when she threw it. She threw it, and she hit it in the first try. Oh, wow. First take. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart didn't really want to kiss Donna because he felt like she was just, like, goodness. They didn't see each other like that. Yeah. And so the kissing scene, when they had their first kiss and professed their love to each other, they just did it on the first try, and their,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, their chemistry just really showed through. They didn't have to do it again. Nice. And... The other one that was the most, I think, iconic scene of him, which I think is what makes everyone cry, is, like, the, the authenticity of when he says, like, I'm not, when he's praying, he's like, I'm not, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there, you can hear me, show me the way, God, I'm at the end of my rope. And that's when he's bawling his eyes out, and those were real tears of him thinking of the hopelessness that he felt and the other people that he could think of that felt hopelessness all around the world because of the war. Mm -hmm. So it's just like So cool I mean those are like such It's crazy how much World War 2 had A You know it's not crazy But it is interesting Like how much You don't think about These things Yeah Now that you're watching it How much of an impact Those things had
1: Mm -hmm.
0: On this movie And how it was made I don't know, do you have anything? I don't want to keep talking. No, like talking no, a no.
1: You can you can keep going on these things. It's, <laughs> I, I don't have a ton to say. On I feel this like movie. your
0: opinion has like changed a bit because there was at one point you literally said this movie was overrated.
1: I mean, I still think that to a degree. That doesn't mean I don't think it's good. I think that it gets a lot of praise, very deservedly so. But I think that it has almost created like there's like a not a cult around it, but like this air around it that it's like this perfect movie, and I don't think that's the case.
0: I think that's where we This is one of my favorite movies, not just Christmas movie, one well, of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I would say in my top 50 movies, this movie is in there yeah. and ranks very high. I think it has such a cultural importance and like the message is just beautiful in yeah. general. Yeah.
1: And I can I can think something is overrated and not dispute those facts. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just for me um Want like I have an associate. Part of the reason I'm not as high in this movie as other people is because. Obviously, like, every year I watch this movie. And as a young kid, it is so long. It is. <laughs> it is.
0: It's like two and a half it, hours. It is.
1: Especially if you're watching, like, the way that I feel it should be watched when you watch it on a network TV with ads. This thing's, like, three and a half hours long. Yeah, so
0: that's the story. So so they, it always plays at, like, what, 7.30 or 8. So it's, like, late. You're it's like late. Up, it's like 8. You're, you're up late. Um. So the one year we tuned in late we like totally got off track and we're like oh my god we're late we didn't record it yeah we're like damn it and so like the next i don't know if it was that day or like right after christmas we went to cvs and they had it for like it was like a five dollar dvd and so now we have it on dvd because i'm like we need to have i mean you can watch this on Amazon Prime, but the problem is they only have it in color, color, and I cannot watch that movie. I cannot stand it. And actually, Frank Capra and uh, Jimmy Stewart stood up against. I guess they there was a Congress meeting. I don't know. It was it said something about being in Congress, talking about how there was that was a popular thing to colorize yeah. movie, and they said against it. And he can't watch Jimmy Stewart's like I can't watch this because it doesn't yeah. feel right. It's yeah. not right. You need to you know if watching a black and white movie is what hinders anybody in this world. Like, if you're a 15-year-old, you know, if you're a young kid, and I, I'd hope, like, in 30 years, people are still watching this movie on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. I think they will be. If that, in 30, 50, if that's what hinders you from watching a movie, it's the same thing I feel about subtitles, then you don't deserve to watch a movie. I was
1: going to make the exact same point. If either of those things, which are such minor visual details, prevent you from watching a movie you you have a bigger problem yeah. to deal with because i think that movies deserved deserve to be viewed in their original intended format and that like making these post edits i really don't like i feel the same way it's going to sound like a weird connection like star wars like you can you cannot watch the original cut of star wars because george lucas changed it a week <laughs> after it came to theaters I don't like that that yeah. kind of thing. So, yes, I agree. It's a wonderful life. You should watch it in black and white if if you prefer the colored version.
0: And like I I get it with some people when they're like I can't watch old movies like that because sometimes they are hard to watch because they do talk about there's so many thing, you know, like I said with I don't there's definitely I don't resonate with those things because I didn't get soaked my mouth as a kid or I didn't like have these kinds of experiences yeah. because I didn't grow up in that time. But for, and I get there are movies like that, like, mm-hmm. there's some of my favorite, like, you know, old movies, like, you know, Gone with the Wind. I know I've never seen that movie, and I'm sure it would be, it's a hard movie to watch is what I've yeah. heard. But I feel like with this movie, th- there's not a, there are some things that they point towards that's definitely, like, you know, a different time. It, it
1: dates it, yeah.
0: But I still think that it, it does, it's not Hindering to the movie experience At all like there's some things But it's not the main part of the movie this could be They could do this right now and it would be fine
1: They I, I think that every movie Whether or not It's from the 30s whether or not It's from the 70s every movie will have a day Where there will be Just a cultural gap where it Just doesn't like it won't resonate Anymore but I do agree With you in the sense that it's a wonderful Life has less of those moments than a Christmas Story yeah because this movie doesn't have like the only thing that would really preclude someone from understanding this is like the great depression if you didn't know what that was and why why people were starving and why people didn't have money and they were struggling to lose their homes and stuff
0: yeah but other than like yeah
1: but other than that even even those details like there's always war there's always poverty there's always famine like That stuff will unfortunately resonate probably throughout history. Yeah. So this movie should have no issue with being a a Christmas Eve rotation for years. Years and
0: years to come. The other thing that's really interesting is that the FBI kept an eye on this film when it first came out because, and I didn't, I don't know a lot about like the whole, um, the act of that they did against movies and art and plays and like stuff like that with the communist with during, you know, the Cold War oh, and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I do there is a movie that like kind of bases on that time, um, The Majestic, which mm-hmm. did not get very good reviews, but my family always liked it. And so I always think about like in that sense. Mm-hmm. But apparently the FBI cited this movie that the fact that this was, like, a communist tendency for um, them to show the bank, or for people to show the oh. banker, and, like, the rich, per- like, this person in a bad light, and, like, yeah. that's, like, a communist thing to make you, like, against, like, capitalism, like, things like that. So I thought that was interesting, too, that they, like, you know, the FBI so, was against this movie.
1: Like, I wonder how legitimate and, like, that they want is, to censor it. Like, how legitimate that is, because, I mean, if you think at the end of the day, Mr. Potter was, like... A terrible person.
0: Oh yeah, and there. I I mean, he built homes that were like slums. Yeah,
1: I mean mean, Potter'sville. In the
0: original, in the original book, *The Greatest Gift*, um, when you know Martinis, how like when he goes Martinis Bar, mm -hmm. and then when he, when George Bailey isn't born, he goes and visits Nick's place. Yeah, they never say what's what happened to Martini, Mm -hmm. but in the book originally he had gone his. Uh, there was a fire in his house because of how the poor construction yeah. and he died in a fire uh. because George Bailey got him to live, he lived in Bailey's village mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, that's interesting. I would, it's a thing that I would like to read the book, mm-hmm. but I know that the, that- and It was a
0: Christmas card. It was a 21 page Christmas card. Really? Like this that's it? This man sent this, he wanted to get his book out and he just sent it to a bunch of people as a 21 page Christmas card. Wow. Super cute.
1: Now, who was that by? That wasn't by Frank Capra, right? No, no, no. Because Frank um, Capra was supposed to be, like, a tremendous piece of work.
0: No, he he wrote the screenplay, and there was a lot of things he changed. Like, in the end, yeah. it was supposed to be, like, he was praying on his knees and, like, thanking God for it, but they changed it to having the whole town come and save him, which is yeah. one of the most, like, moving endings that you could think of. Like, that's, yeah. you know, it's beautiful. Same thing with, like, Clarence wasn't an angel, um... Things like that. It was a story by Philip Van Doren
1: Stern. Okay, I would like to read that someday, just because it'd be interesting to see the yeah the differences.
0: So, it's I don't know. It's just such a good movie, and I think too in a time where the stigma against like suicide and mm-hmm. and depression is getting less and less, it's interesting to see a movie from the '40s have such. I feel like it, it is such a real representation of like what it means to be on your like your last hope, mm-hmm. to feel like you're worthless, to feel like your life doesn't mean anything to the people yeah. around you and how it does and what you know, how your life touches others and that if you take and I think what this movie is, like the biggest lesson, like, you know, taking your life isn't just affecting you, it's affecting everybody and how mm-hmm. and he got that gift to see that. Um and so just I think the biggest theme of this movie is just showing, like, you are worthy. Yeah. And if you're a good person, you, you're, like, you're a good person, you will, people will be, show up for you.
1: Well, and two, that, that your life touches way more than you will ever realize. Yeah, the
0: ripples. that. Yeah,
1: the the ripple effects. And I do think it's a beautiful message. And ultimately, I'm looking forward to watching it later in the week. I know,
0: I can't wait. I'm just going to be so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Um... So I'd like to get our scores on the two of these Before we move on to our top five John, okay. what is your? what are your scores for these two movies? These so, two Christmas classics
1: This is going to sound weird Based on everything that we've gone talking about But I think um, I think that A Christmas Story is an 84 And I think that It's a Wonderful Life is an 86
0: Okay um, Pretty even, pretty even. So it
1: would seem weird because, like, A Christmas Story is what I, like, prefer to watch, but I don't think it's as good of a movie, if that makes sense.
0: I like your, um, your neutral stance, that you took a, you took a step back and you're not putting your own personal factor into it as much.
1: Yeah, it's just, like, if It's a Wonderful Life was a half hour (laughs) shorter, I would enjoy it a lot more.
0: (laughs) That's true. No, every time we watch <laughs> on so Christmas long. Eve, like, we go to bed at, like, 11.30. <laughs> like, all right, guys. <laughs> and I
1: get, like, I get that we're not in this position where we wake up super early for Christmas oh. anymore, but oh, it's... Oh, I
0: am, my, my brother and my sister, I'll be sleeping, like, come on, time. I'm like, are you serious? We are, you're, we yeah. are, my brother is 16, and like, and I, and Jackie and I are in our 20s, and but yet we're still getting up, and like... I mean, it's not as early as it used yeah. to be, obviously, but it's still, like, before 8 a.m., and well, I'm like, can we yeah, chill?
1: That's that's the thing, like, when I watched this movie, we used to watch it and then be getting up at, like, 6.30, and I'm like, jeez, let but me sleep a bit. But fault is that?
0: Well, you... You... <laughs> Are you the one waking up your parents? Your parents would be fine waking uh, up. Uh, it would
1: depend. It would depend on if my sister or I. But like w- every year without fail, one of us would get the other one up early, and it's like we just watched this movie like less than seven hours ago. Can we just <laughs> sleep in on a day where we're off? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm. I mean, I never said I hated it. It's just that I just don't think it's like perfect.
0: We got into a heat debate once. I just feel like you have changed your mind since then. Maybe it was just a bad day.
1: Could have been. Let's hear your ratings.
0: I am going to give A Christmas Story a 68 out of 100. I don't think this is a reflection of my own personal feelings. I just, I guess, like, what I see is a good movie. Yeah. Like, I didn't... It's just kind of anticlimactic to me.
1: Mm-hmm. It just kind of ends.
0: It just... It's... Yeah, it's not a compelling story. And I guess maybe it's just in compar- comparing the two of these. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what makes it harder for me because... Um, this movie, even if it wasn't one of my favorite movies of all time, I still feel like it's, yeah, like you said, a better movie. So with that, I will give It's a Wonderful Life a 98 out of 100. Yeah. There's little that I could see that could be changed about this. Mm-hmm. I would never... The other thing is, I guess there were talks about someone making a sequel. If that ever happens, I will boycott that shit so hard. That's disgusting.
1: Yeah, it, it's one of those... There are certain movies that, good or bad, I feel that you don't touch. Yeah. And, this, and so, is one of the, this is one of those movies. And
0: so many movies have done, you know, plays off of the whole, you know, you, yeah. it's kind and plus this is kind of like a Christmas, you it's know, it's very
1: similar to a Christmas yeah, story. It, there's
0: all these things that are, you know, it's not the same, but it's similar. And it's that's, you know, that idea of like being grateful mm-hmm. for your life and being grateful for the people around you. Yeah. But, so I'm fine with that, but I would never, if it was ever something like it's a Wonderful Life in like modern times. Absolutely not. Thank you. No.
1: You know someone's gonna make that.
0: I know, and I'm gonna be angry. It's gonna about be
1: it. some some garbage that's pushed the HBO Max.
0: No, it's gonna be some garbage they do on ABC or Fox when it's like the live shit. That's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be like a live. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful. I life. don't
1: take as much offense to those live renditions as I do to making a movie.
0: I can't stand because the live li-
1: the live ones are just a stage show basically.
0: Well. John, the live rendition's got us the Matthew Morrison Grinch. So,
1: I don't like the Matthew Morrison Grinch.
0: No, who does? I don't
1: like Matthew Morrison in <laughs> <Who>? general.
0: <laughs> the TikTok and their hate of Matthew Morrison and like the Glee. way they troll him—they him, just,
1: just like—I
0: love it. It makes me. I kind of realize. I used to. I was a big Glee fan, and I see these things now, and I'm like. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of things you watch like that's bad, like that's bad. That would never fly today. <laughs> the
1: pool, but, the pool scene. Yes, that's the worst thing. But there are not so, the worst, but it's bad.
0: There are so many things that you watched <laughs> about that show. You're like, okay, no, this isn't just like bad. This just like should never have been on TV. Why yeah. was this popular? Oh my god, like. Uh, what's his name who made it?
1: Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy.
0: Okay. I, I can't tell if he's a genius or if he is insane. So,
1: so this will be a quick quick little extra Christmas present for you all. I think Ryan Murphy is one of the, like, the geniuses of Hollywood. Ryan Murphy is awesome at making first seasons of things and then not so good. I love a he, lot. Like- I love a lot of what Ryan Murphy makes, but the longer he goes on, it's just like, dude, but stop! He, he
0: has like an exclusive deal with FX now,
1: and he has one with Netflix too. Yeah,
0: like, or maybe it's Netflix. No, no, no it's it's
1: with it's with FX because they're making when they did that whole Disney investor presentation, they're making a spinoff of American Horror Story, and there's already like twelve seasons ordered. Yeah, of like
0: it. Ryan Murphy can do no wrong, and like he does the. I, I don't... I mean, I could have a whole ep- mini-episode where we talk about Ryan Murphy and how I just don't understand what where he's going with this. Like, is he trying to go for, like... Like, is he trying to help, like, the gay community and, like, the gay icon? But then sometimes it's, like, really weird the what he's trying. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you want to talk about this, please hit me up on Instagram and I will have a whole conversation about it. He
1: has made more than just, like, American Horror Story and Glee. He has made American Crime Story. So he made People vs. OJ, which is, like, I I haven't seen it. It's apparently incredible. He made Nip Tuck. He made, um, uh, he he made made Prom that just came out. Like, he he made The
0: Politician. Yeah. He made, uh, Scream Queens. He he's crazy. He does crazy.
1: everything from serialized drama to to like musicals. It's it's all over the map, and it's just yeah. like, dude, what the hell? Okay, so let's. That was your Get Christmas. That try. was your rant about Ryan Murphy. Merry Christmas. That's either a <laughs> gift or cold, depending on who you are. But let's finally do what you've all been waiting for. I think. And that is our top five Christmas movies. I
0: mean, Jingle Season isn't complete without talking about our top five Christmas movies. Correct. This was the easiest ranking that I've ever, that we've ever done on this. I didn't even have to look anything up. I just did it because you were like sitting there. I looked. So all I had to, I literally knew exactly what the order was immediately.
1: I only had to look stuff up to make sure I wasn't forgetting anything Notable, yeah. and it turned out I wasn't so
0: no. And I kind of did that too, just make sure, like, oh, did I forget something? But I knew immediately what my top five were and yeah. what the order is. Uh,
1: Die Hard won't be on my list because I'm not one of those edge lord people where it's like, oh, Die Hards are Christmas. Also, movie. John
0: didn't see Die Hard
1: until like three years ago, yeah.
0: So, you it doesn't yeah. even matter for you.
1: I do think it's good though, it's a very good action, yeah. Movie.
0: But you haven't even seen all the Die Hard John. I you can't be a Die Hard fan until you've seen them all, and then you're like, I love, yeah. I love John McClain,
1: yeah. Um, But I'm going to start with an honorable mention My honorable mention is In my opinion The most superior version of the Christmas Carol to exist It is the Muppets Christmas Carol (laughs) It's on Disney Plus Michael Caine is the best version of Ebenezer Scrooge Check it out
0: (laughs) I would say Wait, that's your number 5?
1: That's my honorable mention Oh,
0: then I would say my honorable mention I didn't have one, but I'm just going to say My favorite version of, of Christmas Carol Is Scrooged
1: I do like Scrooged.
0: I would say that's the best one. Um and it's honestly probably one of my favorite, if not like my favorite Bill Murray movies. Like I mean like he uh, like I like I love him in Groundhog Day and like in Ghostbusters and stuff, but like he's just great in this film. I mean,
1: number one Bill Murray movie for me is always gonna be Caddyshack. So Yeah,
0: that's true. Okay, okay, I you I, I digress. You're right. <laughs> that's
1: like his best role he's ever done. <laughs> and it was like a stupid ass role. Yeah. Uh, moving on to my number five, a movie some people consider bad. It's definitely weird. It's Polar Express. Uh, there's a lot of memes to come out of this movie, specifically the the glasses kid who turns around and annoys people on the train. But there's a lot of scenes I really love. When they first get to the North Pole, it is like definitely magical and it's some cool animation. And the hot chocolate scene, it looks like the most... <laughs> It is, like, the most delicious hot chocolate I have oh ever seen in my life.
0: <laughs> hot chocolate will never taste as delicious as that one looks. Like, and that's weird. Like, how <laughs> weird is it that you want to taste something so bad that will never exist?
1: I am I would bet for next year we're going to do Polar Express just to talk about the fact that Tom Hanks voices seven people in the movie. It's. We had a school field trip
0: to, see that, that? to see that movie. Yeah. Weird. I feel like I know so many people that had that happen. So we rented out an entire theater for the entire school, and yeah. we watched it. And here's the thing. We talked about this today. <laughs> My dad is, like, really, like, anti-Poer Express, because he's like, I cannot finish that movie. It is boring in parts. <laughs> like, there, this movie was way too long. It did not need all of those things that happened, and some of it is just absolutely ridiculous. I think it's a great concept. Yeah. The, the whole bell, it really stuck with me. I get it. I feel it. I love it, but... No, it is weird. I don't mind the animation style as other people do. Like there some are some people that people like oh, that it's like,
1: uncanny valley. And I'm like no, it's it's not.
0: There are some people that like actually like they like it's nightmare fuel. I'm like yeah. that is how.
1: I one of my favorite things about it and I just like I say this to rip on it is that they do they literally do someone living on the wrong side of the tracks in the beginning of the movie and they hammer that point home and it is yeah. so it's so obnoxiously funny. And it's not supposed to be. I appreciate that very much. We appreciate it.
0: All right, my number five is Love Actually. I watch this movie every. I think okay, all the movies on this I watch every year. Yeah. Um, I should just say that. But Love Actually, if you haven't seen it, it's a British uh, film. It's kind of like the. Fir- it was like the first movie that did the whole thing where all these people are connected and it's a bunch of different story, little stories, and. I just love it. It is such a joyful movie, and it's mm-hmm. ridiculous in parts. And like Bill Nye is like his like the hip thrusting and the <laughs> and the like. <laughs> what's the song? It's like
1: I don't. I haven't seen Love Action oh, in a couple Christ- years. Um,
0: wait. Oh, let it. Because if you really love Christmas, then let it snow. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous, but I love that movie.
1: It's good. It feel good movie for sure. Yeah, feel good. But definitely, to me, it's not a Christmas movie, but.
0: Oh, I, okay, that's the thing, is I watched, I mean, I've said this to you, we watched that movie in the summer. Like, I Mm -hmm. watched that movie, I'll watch a movie anytime, I don't care, but it's a great Christmas movie in general.
1: My number four is Bad Santa, a movie that Anna has not seen yet. I do have to see that. Uh, Bernie Mac and Billy Bob Thornton at their best. They are just dirtbags, and I love every second of it. I'm trying to find a time to watch it this week, but my week is pretty jam-packed, so we'll see.
0: All right, my number four is The Santa Claus. I've said a lot about this movie in our podcast. Um, I almost even put The Santa Claus 2 also on my <laughs> list. I think both of those movies in unison are great Christmas spirit movies, and Tim Allen is my favorite Santa. So, yep, that's my number four.
1: Yeah. My number three is another classic. It is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I am...
0: That's not my number three. Oh. But, okay, sorry. I thought we were... I thought I was l- l- farther. Continue. <laughs>
1: um, I am a sucker for that, like, stop-motion animation. I love that. <laughs> It is beautiful. I love it.
0: I, I absolutely love
1: I'm it. I'm going to kind of cheat with my three and two in the sense that I'm going to group things together. So it's Rudolph, but I, since I always watch all of these at the same time, I watch Rudolph and I watch Island of the Misfit Toys at the same time. I consider them one and the same. They're on a DVD that literally plays back to back.
0: Well, and the Rudolph, it's like a 30-minute movie. Um, yeah, it's four, a TV I think it's movie. like 40 mo- minutes maybe.
1: Yeah, so awesome. I consider them both the same thing because it's the continuation of the story. Yeah. But I just, I wish that more people did stop motion because it is an... It's an animation style that just like it it's timeless. Yeah. We've talked about this many many times, but yeah. I'm just captivated by. it. I'm going watching that tomorrow.
0: Um yes, yeah, so my number 3 is Elf. Um I think it's that's the that's the most recent movie on my list. Mm-hmm. Um I think Will Ferrell is a genius in this movie. It just really represents Christmas in such an amazing way. It also mm-hmm. is based on the you know the Rudolph, car- Re- yeah. Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer and like the same kind of you know this not nostalgia the same kind of energy that that holds, but in like real human form. Yeah, and so and it's honestly one of the most quotable movies, if not the most quotable Christmas movie in my opinion. Yeah. I love that movie so much.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. I will have thoughts coming on that. My number two, I'm going to cheat again, it's Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Okay, you can't... I, it's just Home Alone, but I watch <laughs> them both at the same time, so I'm I'm saying it is... I like Home Alone.
0: Mr. There should never be sequels know. to Christmas movies, and you love all these sequels. Yeah,
1: but Home Alone 2 is like a really good sequel. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I prefer Home Alone a lot more to Home Alone 2, but I watch them both at the same time, so in my mind, it's... Like it's just one big story, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. We did an episode on Home Alone. You can go listen to that. But I just think it captures, in the best way, being a kid on Christmas who also might be a murderer.
0: Yes, I am not a big Home Alone fan, but I would say I like Home Alone better than A Christmas Story if I yeah. had to pick one. Um, so my number two is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I got confused, that's why I was gonna, like, <laughs> oh, let's like piggyback off each other. Yeah. Um. Yes, like John said, I think that that animation style is classic. I just feel such nostalgia when I watch it. Um, I watch it every time I do The Christmas Tree. Because I yeah. don't have to l- watch it. I can just listen to it and I just sing along. And it's so cute. Oh, I love it. And they- I had a friend of mine say that they thought it was creepy. And, like, they didn't oh. like these, like, animation. Style. And I was like, what are you talking about? My children will be watching the, six- the 60s classic.
1: Ugh, I'm... I can't really, I I cannot conceptualize how they would find that creepy. Yeah. It's like arguably the cutest Christmas movie.
0: It's so damn cute. Oh. Like Rudolph, oh, so cute.
1: So without a further ado, my number one is Call Me Basic. It's Elf. I, <laughs> we didn't get a chance to talk about Elf through our thing, through our jingle season this year. It'll come at some point. Elf is a Christmas movie, like Love Actually for You. It's going to sound weird. I can toss on Elf in July. I can watch it. It's my favorite Will Ferrell movie, next to the other guys. It is just such, it's such an interesting movie because he didn't even want to do it because he thought that it would ruin his reputation for what comedy brand he was doing. Well, and people were
0: scared even for him to be in it because, yeah. I mean, I remember my parents didn't really make, let me watch that movie at first because, like, I think everyone was yeah. kind of scared, like, it's Will Ferrell in a family Christmas movie.
1: But it's just, it, it's, like, it's as smart as a Will Ferrell movie can be because his movies can be pretty dumb sometimes. But it just, it captures, like, Christmas spirit and, you know, it also raises the biggest question in the world for me that we did not get to ans- ask in Jingle Season, which I said I was going to hang on to, so I'm going to ask it now. Okay. In, in Christmas movies, like the Santa Claus and Elf specifically, where Santa clearly exists, why do all the adults not believe in him?
0: I mean, this is a big thing with, like, a po- Polar Express, too. Um, I don't know, John. They never explain that.
1: So I've heard people theorize that there's, like, magic so that yeah, but- the, the adults think they bought the gifts.
0: Yes, the, the adults think they they bought the gifts, and like as you grow older, if you're not a true believer, then yeah. if you you're the magic fades for you. I mean, I think that's they all kind of hinted those things, like the magic fades for them. Yeah, they don't. But yes, no one ever understands like why. Like there's these <laughs> there's these <laughs> gifts underneath the tree that you didn't put there, and you're like, oh, Santa brought them, but you don't believe in Santa. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's like ah oh, man, I just. And one last thought about Elf. One of the the hardest I've ever laughed is the first time you see it and you find out I forget what Santa says worse about, but he's like, no, it's worse. It's the Central Park Rangers. That makes me laugh uncontrollably (laughs) every time I watch it because it's so stupid. I just love it. And also, bye buddy, hope you find your dad is great.
0: (laughs) But you can't just say it in the voice.
1: I can't, do th- I can't do the I can't do the voice just. Buddy. <laughs> Hope you find your dad. That's pretty good. Thank you. I'm really good at Mr. Narwhal.
0: Um <laughs> Okay, I Yes, I agree with all of that with Elf. My number one should come as no surprise. It is the my favorite Christmas movie, but that really isn't a Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. Truly, I think one of the best movies of all time. And I don't know if I love it so much because I do watch it every year or because of it's good or kind of, I think it's both. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's both.
1: So I think a good way to end this podcast is to ask a question about Christmas. And that is your family watches. It's a wonderful life on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. If you have your pick, what do you watch on Christmas day? Or do you not watch movies on Christmas day?
0: We have no time on Christmas day. Yeah. Christmas day is a jam packed day. I mean, on Christmas Eve, we also watch... Like, usually we watch Elf on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there was one Christmas we literally watched Love Actually, Elf, and then It's Wonderful Life, like, all in a row, because we had nothing else to do. What back to an interesting
1: back-to-back-to-back.
0: I <laughs> mean, because those... I think those three are, like, the big three my family... And it's in the Santa Claus. Yeah. My family, like, loves those four movies for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I watch the, these five movies, like, every year at some point during Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um... But even, like, more so, honestly, Christmas... Like, my dad today was like, oh, I'll watch Santa Claus 2. Like, my dad loves Santa Claus 2 more than Santa <laughs> Claus 1. Um, but, you know, it's... Yeah. I'm... I don't know. What was to say?
1: Like, I don't know. I get it. You don't have yeah, time on Christmas Day. Yeah, but no
0: one has time... I don't know. I don't know, I don't know many families that have, like, time on Christmas Day. Although I've kept... I found out I a couple do of my walk- coworkers, they, like... A few of them, they go to the movies on Christmas Day. Like, oh, before, really? Before, like, going to see their family.
1: Well, so I don't do that, but my family's Christmas Day in a normal year isn't that jam packed. So I normally watch Christmas, A Christmas Story, and Home Alone on Christmas Day. A couple years ago, we watched like A Christmas Story, Home Alone, Home Alone Two, Polar Express. Like we watched them. Um, yeah. In a big marathon. Big Christmas Day, but because we just don't really do that much on Christmas Day. Yeah. But definitely more of a Christmas Eve movie person. Yes.
0: So. But this Christmas, um, we will be watching two movies. Yes. Hopefully on Christmas Day. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 and also Soul. So I could not be more excited to finally see these two movies and to review them on our last episode of Jingle Season, which is our New Year's Day episode. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve
1: episode. Uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. And then after that, we will be having a surprise episode because Anna will be unavailable.
0: I will. I will be traveling the country um, on a road trip, so I will not be able to be on the show. So John will be having a surprise guest.
1: And a surprise movie.
0: (laughs) And a surprise movie. These have not been decided yet. But we do really like um, planning out our months, so I think we'll probably be announcing our january movies soon Mm -hmm. post the special episode so stay tuned for that maybe if you have any suggestions let us know Mm -hmm. we'd love to hear what you want we'd love to hear some movies that you'd love us to watch and review i think a goal of i think a goal of mine for us is to watch maybe some movies that we both haven't seen before um and to diversify the kinds of movies that we have. Because I've noticed, you know, sometimes we kind of stick to things we like from like yeah. the 2000s. A lot of 80s movies, like those kinds of things.
1: Yeah. And we're we're looking forward to seeing new movies in 2021. Yeah. Uh, not More all in the theater, but because a lot of stuff is coming to streaming, we probably will have an opportunity to do a lot of new stuff. So yes. that'll be very interesting. And that's always great. But before we get to all that stuff... We thank you for listening through Jingle Season so far. We hope that you and your family have a very Merry Christmas uh, or whatever holiday you happen to be celebrating at this time of year. And we hope that you have a healthy end to 2020 and a good start to 2021.
0: Well said, John. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
1: What would you like for Christmas? Horrified. I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200-Jonesville Air Rifle. Ooh. No. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no. It was the classic mother BB gun block. (laughs) You'll shoot your eye out. BB guns are dangerous. I don't want anybody shooting his eye out.